Welcome to the Gospel Center Pod by Crossway Community Church, where our heart is to see the gospel impact our entire being in the way we speak, think, and live. My name is Paul, and I'm one of the associate pastors here at Crossway, and I'm joined by our lead pastor at Crossway Community Church in Orange County, Pastor Steve. Hey, Joy. everyone. Good to um, spend some time with you. We're looking forward to our discussion today um, as we talk about a very pertinent topic, anxiety. And man, we all deal with that regardless of how old we are, and the Bible has so many verses on that. And uh, it's interesting, probably the most popular sermons I give by feedback is anytime I preach on these texts about anxiety, and people come up often, and they talk about how um, it really ministered to them. So um, it is very pertinent out there, and uh, so we're looking forward to that. Um, We have with us also our dear sister Jessica Cho, and uh, those of you at Crossway know Jessica. She's our 6 8 initiative director. She uh, teaches her and her husband, Young Sang, teach in our youth ministry and been with us since day one. Um, and so we know in that capacity, but uh, we know she does a lot of other things as well. And one of the things that she did recently um, was she gave a talk at another church about anxiety. And uh, it was very well received, and we wanted to kind of glean from some of the things that she shared. So before we jump into all of that, um, yeah, why don't you just, hi Jessica, why don't you tell us about what you do outside of church? Uh, Tell us your profession, you know, what you studied and what you do briefly. Hi, um, well, I am a licensed clinical social worker, so I work for the county, but I also have a, a full private practice where I see about 25 to 30 clients a week, um, just counseling them and ministering to them um, privately one-on-one with families and um, some with teens and and their parents. Wow. So, and then you obviously studied and what's your, what did you study to get all these things? So all these things. Yeah, I have my master's in, in social work. And so I am a licensed clinical social worker. And then I also have my doctorate in psychology. And so that kind so of... So we're with Dr. Jessica <laughs> Cho today. Not just just, but Dr. <laughs> Jessica Cho. Um, so we're looking forward to this uh, session together. Because um, I think it'll be very pertinent for everyone that listens. Because uh, we all deal with anxiety and um, before Paul jumps into all the questions, I mean, I thought we could talk briefly about in your life stage today, you just, um, what's something that's on your anxiety radar, if I could say it's, there's a, a, a light that's blinking or a blip that's out there and it's on there. Um, and I'm sure there's more than one blips going on on your radar, but uh, yeah, maybe Jessica, what's something that's, um, on there for you. Yeah, I think, I mean, even just this morning, I was running late because uh, there's this constant battle of how to be a good enough mom or a good enough wife, a good enough, a good enough, um, yeah, just mom. And my son was tantruming and, you know, being able to sit in that discomfort with him versus, you know, either yelling at him or being angry. Um, it's hard. It's hard to sit with that discomfort. So it's, it makes me feel like I'm failing in some way, and it, it creates a level of anxiety. And so I'm just rushing to get here, and it, it creates, 
you know, my adrenaline's going, but um, that's something that I probably struggle with in the day-to-day. And how old is Levi? So just uh, people that don't know how old your son is. Yeah, Levi is three. He's almost four, but it's like he's a three-nager, you know? He... (laughs) He has a mind of his own. So everyone listening who has a <laughs> toddler is now saying amen. Everyone that has um, older kids are now just laughing uh, from memories and, uh, you know, just uh, that. And how about you, Paul? You, I'm sure you've got a lot of things. You've got um, a little one of your own and your wife is busy. You're busy. Yeah, Never yeah. enough time. But uh, what's something on your radar? I mean, I'm sure uh, the parents with the older kids are laughing at Jessica and Jessica's laughing at me. Because I'm still uh, in the baby phase. Yeah, I'm changing (laughs) diapers, trying to feed, and she's throwing food all over the place and doesn't want to go to sleep. And I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, when's the light at the end of the tunnel going to show up? And uh, some people give me the doomsday scenario. They say, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, man. (laughs) And other people will say, don't worry, it's coming up. You know, once they hit preschool or once they can, you know, poo on their own, whatever it is. So... Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, stress and anxiety and just um, wondering when some of these difficult moments and times will end. But yeah, for the most part, I like it a lot. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Well, uh, it's good to hear some of these things. And um, maybe we could just jump right into some of the discussions. I know, Paul, you had some thoughts and something to guide us along. But um, yeah, why don't you guide us? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the topic of anxiety and uh, we wanted to start off just by tackling the subject of anxiety by defining it and just learning what is anxiety so if you could just share that with us you know most people think that anxiety is a feeling but it's actually a way that we cope with how we feel and oftentimes um, that feeling that underlying feeling behind anxiety is this idea that Um, we're not measuring up or that we are unloved or unworthy or not enough in some way. And so how we cope is by being anxious. Um, An example of that is, you know, in the therapeutic world, I believe that feeling precedes behavior. So what that really means is, you know, if if I'm crying in front of you, it would maybe naturally assume that I might be feeling sad or be you know, be moved by something. But I can't cry without having that feeling. And so much like anxiety, anxiety is the way we cope with how we feel. Um, And that's kind of a, you know, a way that I like to describe it, because oftentimes people think that that's the root of how they are feeling. And it's really not. It's the way that we cope. Oh, that's a, um, that's a great distinction. You know, it's, um, uh, how we cope with the feelings that we have and the truths that we believe or the pains that we have, right? Um, I think that's so um, good. And so if we could just get like um, practical examples, like what what's something common? What, what would, you know, what, what does anxiety lead to or what does that look like? I mean, obviously crying in front of someone when they're talking, crying easily maybe, but um, what are some couple other things that yeah. might come to mind? Well, in my practice, I have a gamut of people. I think um, there are some who come and they are highly anxious in the sense that they are experiencing panic attacks or um, anxiety attacks where they feel like their heart is palpitating, they're getting the flutters, they're having difficulty breathing, they have tightness in their chest, they're constantly tense. Um, 
And, and I think that is our physical manifestation of how our body is saying, hey, we need to slow down. Hey, there's something mm -hmm. wrong. Hey, we need to check in. Mm -hmm. But I also think there are people who are coming in and saying something's off where they are feeling that their thoughts are racing, that they're having difficulty sleeping. Mm -hmm. um, they are just excessively worried. They think about um, the way that they think is just kind of their day is overrun by their thoughts. Um, one example that I try to use is when people come in, I ask, you know, if I if this room was a container, how um, how full would it be with your thoughts? And sometimes my clients will come in and say it would be full to the brim. There mm. is no space. And sometimes people will say it's about half. So it kind of helps me gauge how much they're thinking or overthinking or a clinical word would be ruminating over mm. their thoughts. Yeah. That's a great uh, example, uh, a picture, right? How full is it? And I'm sure for a lot of us, there's always something that's in there uh, that's so full. Um, it's interesting, you know, uh, the Bible talks about anxiety, right? In Proverbs 12.25, um, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, it says, right? Mm -hmm. But a good word makes him glad. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. And yeah, the heart um, is a place that's mysterious. The heart is something that is deep and we don't fully grasp. And sometimes uh, when we are weighed down, right, the middle of our soul really is what the heart is talking about the center of a human being uh, boy it just weighs you down and it affects you physically in so many ways mm -hmm. right and uh, it's manifested in that and so yeah that's a great great distinction can i add one more thing yes please you know um another way of um kind of describing the anxiety mm -hmm. um because when people come in they're often asking me how quickly can this be resolved and how much mm. and um you know the way that i describe it is it's it's much like a toilet clog um, when a toilet is clogged we don't continue using it we usually call a professional right away and we ask them to resolve the issue before or the husband <laughs> yes or the husband you know prior to the overflow mm. um, and anxiety is a clog and what i mean by that is you know typically when we experience something that negatively impacts us mm. it doesn't always have to be a trauma but it significantly negatively impacts us um, that's a clog and what happens is instead of processing that or communicating that or sharing that what we do is we just let it sit there and we continue to use a toilet until it fills to the brim and that's when they're coming in and saying, I'm feeling like it's a tipping point, like it's it's kind of overflowing and they mm -hmm. don't know how to stop it, they don't know how to control it. And then they say, how quickly can we get this resolved and how much? Mm -hmm. And I'm there to say, when did the clog begin? You know, sometimes it's years, maybe even decades from when it started and they just didn't realize. And so it's these layered experiences that really compound that experience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm working with somebody who's in their 40s now, and we are talking about a, a seven-year-old experience that she had. Wow. Um, I think that was just like the starting point. It wasn't a trauma. It wasn't anything bad. It was just the experience, the first time she experienced where, wow, I, I'm not good enough. You know, it was the first time that she maybe experienced that level of disappointment. Mm. And throughout her life, that has been confirmed for her because that's all she sees. 
And so it's just compounded that feeling of I'm not good enough. And so that's where where I really want to start because oftentimes people are just like, let's get it done. I mm-hmm. want these physical ailments gone. And it doesn't work that way. Right. I mean, yeah, it's just like uh, any other medical issues we might have, um, a broken bone or whatever it is. It takes uh, enough, quite a bit of time, mm-hmm. right? And we want to, and we often ask the doctor, um, yeah, can I start playing basketball next week? My foot just broke. Um, and it takes rehab and it takes uh, yeah, therapy and all of this, right? And same, same in this. I think that's a good point. And even as you're sharing, you know, I'm just thinking about how all of these things that you're sharing, they have some real deep theological and, you know, biblical foundations. You know, I think we were talking, you know, off there a little bit, but you were talking about how a lot of these things have to deal with identity. And, uh, you know, for us, for Pastor Steve and I, when we were talking about the stress podcast, we said, you know, biblically, we think stress comes oftentimes from a lack of control, you know, not trusting in God to be sovereign and to be good and to be loving in your life. And so you cope with it in different ways and deal with it in different ways. And yeah, it seems like even what we're talking about here, there's another biblical perspective that we have to see uh, to understand that. So do you mind just kind of elaborating on that identity and how that helps us? The beauty of uh, anxiety and and dealing with it is that um, it can be really easy. You know, there's a different, a differentiation between what I feel and who I am. You know, I may feel disappointed, I may feel unworthy, I may feel like I am not enough, but that is not my truth. The truth is that I am enough, I am loved, I am worthy, but I don't feel those things. Um, And in therapy, the, the goal is to help the person get away from the feeling and acknowledge more of their identity and truth. And especially, you know, in a faith-based world or even, you know, some of my clients are not believers. And so I have to tap into, you know, do you believe something outside of yourself? You know, sometimes they believe in the universe or in something greater, but they might not believe in God. But recognizing that there is a truth about who we are, and especially as believers, that we are loved, that we are valued, that we are priceless, that we are, you know, adequate, Mm -hmm. you know, that we are more than enough. Um, not because we proclaim them to be, because, but because Christ proclaims that over us, you know. And so um, just because somebody doesn't feel that doesn't mean that that, isn't, that is not true about them. Just like if, um, you know, I, I give the example of one plus one always equals two. It's an absolute. It doesn't change. It's from birth till death. And that is so much m- like our identity. Our identity is from birth to death. When a baby is born, they don't come out with $100. They don't come out with, you know, a Harvard law degree. They come just as they are, and they are loved by the parents just because, not because of what they've done, but just because of who they are. Mm. And recognizing the difference between who I am is so different from what I do. It's not it's not about what I do. It's it's that identity of who I am and differentiating that. It's a powerful but very difficult concept, especially culturally, um, because so much of who we are is what we have accomplished and what we have done. Um, 
so that's kind of yeah. differentiate. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's uh, so well put, and I think uh, comes to mind is like these people that Jesus interacted with, and they all had some kind of lie that they believed in, mm-hmm. right? So the Nicodemus had a lie, right, in John chapter three, and that uh, he had to be good and perfect, and um, but yet he um, felt the need to go to Christ, and he dispelled some of that. The woman at the well who had the five husbands and was living with her sixth boyfriend, I guess we could say. Um, she had that. Um, things that they are trying so hard to achieve, they all come from different spectrums, but yet they all, I guess, had an identity crisis, and Jesus comes to fulfill um, the identity that's missing there. And so I think that's a great, you know, and you think about Satan as the, you know, the father of lies, the one that accuses us, right, and is telling, reminding us of all of our failures or our pain and trying to identify us in that way. And, um, yeah, we are, uh, you know, made new in Christ, and so we have a new identity, and uh, even his temptation, right? Jesus' temptation by Satan, and uh, Henry Nouwen's book does a, a very um, unique view on that of how all the three temptations um, were not just what we see, but it was talking about his self-worth and uh, so on and so forth, you know, and uh, his popularity, is he relevant? And um, these are things that hit home for all of us. And so uh, we see this in the scriptures. We see this uh, especially in the Gospels of Jesus interacting with people um, and us having to kind of preach the truth to ourselves, preach the gospel to ourselves, and how important that is, you know. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, and if I could just stuff. add to that, you know, Jessica, when you're talking about how, you know, we're not who we feel we are, um, you know, our truth and our identity is, you know, for us as believers, it's based on Christ. The verse that I always come back to is First uh, John 3.20, where it says, for whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. And, you know, there's most moments when even in your heart and your, your feelings, uh, you know, Scripture tells us our heart is deceitful oftentimes, and it tries to make up lies about who you are and to make you feel a certain way. Uh, but this verse, it tells us God is greater than our hearts. It's greater than, He's greater than how you feel. And I thought that's so, that was so powerful for me too, even when I condemn myself, when I feel guilty, when I feel anxious or stressed. And it says, and He knows everything, right? He knows everything about your life, all the things that you're even hiding from other people or the world or on Instagram, whatever it might be, God has, God knows all those things about you, and yet He's greater than your hearts about how you feel about yourself. And that really is uh, something that is encouraging for me as I walk uh, in my Christian faith as well. I also want to add to that because I think so much of what we feel, you know, I, I talked about how anxiety is a coping. So when we have a low self-worth or when we have this you know, belief that, you know, we're not enough. Well, guess what? Our behaviors follow suit. And I think that, you know, there's a whole list of ways that we cope. We can cope by being angry, by being anxious, by being depressed, by, uh, you know, by viewing porn, by having addictions, by engaging in all these uh, behaviors that are not benefiting us in any way or benefiting our families or the people around us in some way. And it's just so destructive. So it leads to a very unhealthy and negative cycle. 
Whereas if I walked in my truth, if I, if I was able to recognize, you know what, even though this is how I feel, the truth is that I am these things because Christ covers me, I can have a more balanced sense of saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to engage in that. And I think it totally changes the way in which our lives look like and how we respond to our families and to our communities and to our loved ones. That is so true. Um, I thought uh, it'd be kind of nice maybe too. The, um, yeah, obviously we want to go to God and we want to um, address our anxieties and God cares. And uh, But also there are times I think we all uh, may need some help, right? And um, I think all of us have um, that kind of need. And <clears throat> we... Um, sometimes are in denial or we we try to just um medicate ourselves right uh with uh, different things but um yeah maybe jessica you could talk about that what you know when should you go um you know to get a skilled helper you know it's interesting because right, uh, galatians 6 talks about um this and this is a helpful passage because it talks about um, bearing one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. And this idea of when someone can't lift it up, you help them. You go to someone for help. But also, it tells us in verse 5 of Galatians 6, in that same passage, where each will have to bear his own load. So this isn't um, saying get a handout and let someone live your life for you. I mean, you should work and you should um, take care of your family and uh, you have your own bear to uh, load to bear. Um, but also at times when it's too much and it's a burden we can't carry, then someone else helps us, um, bears this burden. And, um, and I think, a, a skilled helper medication, um, all of these things are, um, ways that God uses, right. Um, uh, you know, his, um, the people around him, um, to, to find that kind of help. So maybe you could talk about that, you know, um, when should we seek help? What does help look like? You know? Yeah. I think that learning about ourselves is always an ongoing process. And I think that there's never, there's never a better time than now. Um, we can always learn about ourselves. We don't have to wait until there's that overflow or tipping point. Um, I think that we gain so much more wisdom when, when things aren't in crisis mode. You know, I really welcome the patients that are coming because they are just wanting to gain insight. They're wanting to learn about their life a little bit better and why they do what they do because our life experiences, they do affect us in some way and in, in how we understand the world and how we understand ourselves. But um, clinically, I think that, you know, maybe if you do have some type of anxiety disorder, when you recognize that there is some level of impairment, and impairment really means that how is it affecting you in your daily in your day to day, mm. you know, is it impairing your work? Is it impairing your social relationships? Is it impairing your ability to concentrate, you know, and, and get things done in your day to day? Then, yes, I would say there is some clinical concern and it would be imperative and important for you to go seek help. Sometimes, um, I think people are very 
afraid or maybe uh, even more anxious about going going to seek help because then it it confirms that there is something maybe quote unquote wrong, but that's not true. I think it it really just acknowledges that there is a concern and to stop being in denial about it. Mm. Um, because oftentimes I think people are scared that what if or what you know. I think they're just they're just scared to even seek the help that they might need. Yeah, especially in um, kind of Asian cultures. Yeah. Right. You don't talk about your problems publicly. You know, you keep it in the house. You know, you you don't want your kids to talk about problems Mm -hmm. about home or marriage problems. And um, yeah, you you deal with it. And uh, so yeah, you don't you know you don't cry in front of people. You know, that's bad or weak. And and so especially in the Asian American community culture i mean that is so prevalent it's harder for people to share and open up and um you know it's uh yeah so it is uh, a definite hurdle there so i'm glad you shared that um i I thought we could talk about this too briefly was uh uh what are some things also um that let's say yeah, you don't go to a uh, professional for help, but um, yeah, what are some things you can do to um, grow and cope with your anxieties as a Christian? What are some of the you know, practices that you do? And uh, yeah, maybe Jessica, you could chime in. Maybe Pastor Paul, you got any other things too? You could chime in as well. Um, but yeah, Jessica, what are some thoughts? What's, what's helpful? Yeah, if you're not there yet to go seek clinical professional help, um, I think there are many ways to, you know, to offload some of your thoughts. Um, And one of them is really providing self-care for yourself. I think oftentimes we really negate that. I think that might even be a buzzword now. And it's not really anything hipster. It's really getting, you know, doing something that you want to do, not that you have to do. Um, you know, I shared earlier that I was a mom and, and I'm a working mom and not that that changes anything, but oftentimes I think mothers are just so guilt ridden with all the things that we need to do and have to do that oftentimes we sacrifice ourselves. Well, that's a way of, first of all, it's a, it's an unhelpful feeling. And then now I'm coping by lashing out at my husband or lashing out at my child or not being in the best mood. And so if I could say You know, I always encourage a lot of my patients, nothing changes in 15 minutes. Nothing changes in 30 minutes. Mm. The laundry will still be there. The dishes will still be there. Your work will still be there. Everything will still be there. But you will be so much more refreshed if you give yourself at least, if 15 minutes even sounds like too much, Mm. two, three minutes just to zone out, do nothing, um, really be intentional about taking that time to care for yourself. This isn't about doing your nails or your hair once a month. This is like in the day to day. What do I need to really be able to take those moments and say, God, I need you. Like, Mm -hmm. this is really hard. And I am, you know, casting my anxieties upon you, you know, Um, part of that is also uh, journaling, you know, part of 
talk therapy is this processing of our left to right brain. Mm. And we do that through the arts, we do that through conversation, but we also do that in our, our writing and in our journaling. Mm. It allows us to, to use that left and right brain um, so that it does process some of the things that are building up for us. The other thing is building community in order to really be vulnerable, to share your burdens, to share the things that are happening. You got to be vulnerable and honest with people that, hey, this is hard for me. This is really hard. And maybe you're not even struggling, but you need to allow people to speak into your life and say, girlfriend, you got this. Mm -hmm. You're you're going to be OK. You know, let me let me walk with you. How can I carry your burdens? How can I bring you a meal? How can I, you know, just share mm -hmm. life with you? And I think oftentimes in in a guilt laced world where we feel like so isolated and we and we shouldn't share because we need to keep everything together. We don't want to be open about those mm. things, and we need to. You talked about something. Uh, uh, you said something, right? Uh, doing what you want to, or do yeah, doing what you want to versus what you have to, I think is a uh, great mindset. Obviously, you want to, you know, go to work and you want to work hard and all that, but those are things you have to. All right, so it's like allowing yourself to, allowing yourself to have a break, allowing yourself to. Um, enjoy and there's something interesting i think uh, it's kind of this you know people talk about thank god it's friday it's something you're looking forward to and so i could endure this because i'm gonna have a break like i'm gonna take a nap today i'm gonna have a 20 minute nap so i can just power through this work so i could have a little break which is kind of nice you know or i'm gonna you know go for a walk or i'm gonna just you know now watch my favorite whatever on Netflix, you know, for 30 minutes. And, and especially in um, mom world, uh, there's so much there, right? And uh, um, yeah, I can imagine the, uh, you know, how much the pressure is even that much more. Um, you can never do enough. Paul, what about you? Any, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just as sharing all this, you know, I don't know what your uh, hourly rate is, but I feel like I owe you some money right now because I'm learning a lot and uh all the things that you were sharing i feel like are some of the things that i've done in the past to cope and deal with stress and anxiety whether it's you know journaling has been a big part of my life where i'm constantly just asking questions to myself of well, why am i feeling this way or what's going on in the deeper heart of my my soul and a lot of times it allows me the opportunity to just sit there and think through it you know, what are, what are these uh, frustrations or why am I you know, so excited about you know, this event that's happening? And uh, it really gets to the heart issue. And uh, that's been uh, really refreshing to me a lot of times when I'm, uh, you know, when I get so busy and I don't have time to think for myself. And, uh, you know, if I take a step back and I just reflect on those things and, uh, and I think about even just having quality friends that are around and they can always kick you in the butt when you're thinking dumb things and at the same time they can encourage you when uh, they feel like you need to be lifted up and uh, even counseling you know I think having a counselor there to listen to not just your problems but what you're going through and even be a soundboard to say hey you know what you're thinking about yourself or this situation is actually not true or it is true and you're validated and there's so many different things that were going on but when I think about all three of those things combined 
what's really helped me, I think, it, are people uh, that can really speak truth into my life. And whether it's God uh, through a prayer journal, uh, whether it's through friends, whether it's through counselors, it's just people saying, hey, this is what you might be thinking, but in reality, this is what's going on. And that really helps me to understand, like, hey, this is who I am in Christ. Uh, this is who uh, Jesus thinks of me. Uh, and it helps me to yeah define my identity more as I continue to live this life. So, yeah, thank you for that. And I'll be sure to keep that on and uh, I'll send you, you can send me your bill later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, anything else to chime in on that too? You know, I wanted to add, um, I think it is important that, you know, you have people to, you know, you said kick you in the butt and tell you, speak truths into your life. But I also want to encourage, um, you know, sometimes that, especially because we're talking about culture, I think in in Asian culture or maybe in the greater society, we have this like idea that we need to like buck up, like man up, you know, and mm. just like get through it and, and have grit, right? Mm. And it totally, I think, in some ways, it minimizes our pain of what we feel. And I just really want to acknowledge that when you are going through something, sometimes you don't want to hear like it's going to be okay yeah. or it's it, you know you can do it. You are loved. Yeah, be Some, a man. Suck it up. Exactly. You know, the that we I think often. there's a, there is something that is very special in saying, "Man, this is really hard for you," and I see that. Mm. Right. Um, having that level of not only that expectation of wanting to receive that compassion or but giving that to yourself and saying, you know what, God is bigger and I can have this type of emotion. You know, I think for my clients who are male, this is one of the biggest struggles that I have that not only males, but I think in general, we just minimize every feeling that we have and we totally invalidate it like it shouldn't be. But in the therapeutic world, it's all feelings are valid. Mm. They don't have to be real. They don't have to be uh, rational. They don't ha need to be logical, but they are real and you feel them. And that is valid enough, right? Um, oftentimes, I think we just totally invalidate them because we're supposed to say, you know, we're just supposed to get through it. And I just want to kind of take a pause and say, no, uh, what you feel is valid and, mm. and that's okay. That's um, that's so well said, and that's uh, why we had you on here. You know, I think um, uh, from your perspective and also your experience, expertise. Also, I think as a uh, as a female, um, just uh, being better in general at talking and sharing and connecting. Yeah, guys, you know, guys, we show um, that we care by making fun of the other person right that's like our, our love language uh, you know you're so bad at this and we laugh at each other and uh, but yeah there is um, the pain that we have and I I'm understanding that we grow the most through our pains um, there is things we learn about ourselves and about the Lord through our pains uh, Christ went through so much and experienced so much pain um, for us, in a way, yeah, he was a substitute for us, but also he did it so that uh, he can empathize with us. And so we obviously can go to him, to someone that understands all these things. And I uh, wanted to just share one thought. 
as we kind of wrap up our time, you know, um, there's a couple times in the Bible that says to cast your, you know, anxieties. The ESV says in First Peter five seven, cast your anxieties on on Him, on God. Uh, Psalm fifty five says, cast your burden on the Lord, and this idea of casting, throwing it to God. Um, it's interesting. It tells us in Psalm fifty five twenty two, He will sustain you. So cast your burden on the Lord; He will sustain you. First Peter five. 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he uh, cares for you. And so there's this picture of someone who is our power. He sustains us through it and someone who cares. And how many people do you have that care about your bad day? Most people, don't, they don't want to hear that, you know. Um, and he cares for us. I was sharing um, with... Um, about this this last Sunday, this last Sunday I didn't preach, um, but I went around and I was just talking to people, talking to people, um, a lot of listening to people, just, oh, how's it going? And it wasn't anything deep. It wasn't like a, we had a counseling session or anything, but it was like a full day of asking people their names, what do you do, what's it like? And I was so tired at the end of the day, you know, so I was like, this is why counselors um, get paid and talkers, you know, not as much. Right. And I was I kind of I said the times I preached three times. I mean, it's it's there's a fatigue, but man, it was different um, to try to go into people's spaces and to hear them. Uh, but God hears us. And so um, and we're reminded, you know, it's interesting. First Peter five, seven tells us casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. But the previous verse reminds us that we are under the mighty hand of God. And so it's a picture. I, I picture this big hand, if I could picture, and uh, he's covering us. And we go under it. And we might be in the storm. Uh, we might be in the elements. But boy, we have a shelter we could go under. And it's a mighty hand. It's the hand of God. And sometimes we forget that. And so God allows our pains he has a purpose for it. God allows those around us to help us. God allows healing. God allows this whole process of um, letting us fight through this anxiety. But we go to him and, uh, you know, he helps us in so many ways. He's the mighty one whose hand that is over us. And so we go to him. Um, and I thought, man, uh, what a a good word that is and just because the things that you shared um, some of these things we kind of rattled through in such a short time but I think it was so helpful right the the lies we believe about ourselves um, having people that could validate some of the things that we go through the feelings that we have um, yeah um, you know giving yourself a little break here and there um, I think these are all so many things. And so I pray for us and uh, for all those who are listening that uh, we could um, grow through our pains, not avoid it, not ignore it, um, not think that it's some kind of uh, curse from God. But no, it's ultimately it can be a blessing as we deal with, deal with it in the correct way. And so um, let's go through that journey well and I just want to encourage you I don't want to minimize what anyone is going through um, but let me encourage you to go through it well and man when it's out of your hands and um, go to someone uh, you have uh, some thoughts that just aren't so helpful go to someone 
Um, God uses others to help us. God uses skilled people to help us. And uh, so go to someone else. Um, seek some help. And um, yeah, see how God can redeem those things. And so I just want to encourage those who are listening uh, with some positive thoughts there.